0: Dave Williams presents Conversations.buzz.
1: Deborah Parenti, nice to meet you.
0: Nice to meet you, Dave.
1: And congratulations on your recent uh, induction into the Radio Hall of Fame. That is so exciting.
0: Thank you. It was definitely special.
1: How'd how'd the evening go for you? Tell us about
0: it. I have kind of uh, defined it by one word. It was magical.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: you know, it, it was nerve wracking because there's all these wonderful people there, um, many already in the Hall of Fame, many who either will be or certainly belong in the Hall of Fame. And I think as with a lot of others, you're sitting there going, how would I get here? <laughs> yeah. And probably a whole lot of other people are wondering, how would she get here? You know no, I got that. But it was uh, it, it, it truly was. It was a lovely evening Um you don't realize how special it's going to be until you're actually in the middle of it. I mean, you, I think the nerves overcome everything else, the the anticipation and that sort of stuff. But then you get up there and you see these wonderful people and you know that you're in an industry that um, for all of our criticisms today, um, loves its people and its people love it. But we love what we do. You, you're in a room filled with people who just love that theater of the mind
1: there's absolutely no doubt about that that's why i started this particular um, specialty branch of my little podcast uh, calling it radio masters because there are so many people uh, on on facebook and other social media that worked in radio at one time or another and and can't get over it they can't get it out of their systems and they've started up all these pages and so forth and i've seen the same thing for tv industry people and uh, so I thought, yeah, let's uh, let's uh, let's let's get the thoughts and philosophies and the ideas of some of you who really truly uh, reached the top of your game. Now I've got to tell you that you're a little bit outside of my uh, hitting zone or whatever it is, because I spent 54 years in radio, but it was all until just recently I, I retired. It was all programming and production related. I never had anything to do with the business side, except, you know, answering questions and helping out when I was requested to. But I don't know anything about it. After 50 years, I don't know anything about how sales sales departments work. I don't know anything about general management or or the overall, especially now, the overall uh, big corporations and so i'm going to ask you to kind of guide the conversation in the direction we should be going cuz i don't want to just sit here and ask you a lot of stupid questions about programming
0: well the closest thing i by the way I, that i was into programming i was the promotion director yeah so i worked with the programming department a great deal um when i first started in the industry um and um that was always one of my favorite Sides of the business, working with program directors and um, the creative side, the, the, the bringing something to life, having a guy come in or a gal come in and say, I need X amount of dollars for this. Well, tell me about that. Really? You need that much, huh? Well, if you had twice that much, what could we do? And they <laughs> always stand back and go, wow. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I was also a business manager actually i spent my least amount of time probably in sales on the street
1: really mm-hmm. well that's because you have risen to uh to, to the top every place you've worked and done it so quickly and i as i understand your background your management positions in first dayton and then louisville and then philadelphia and then now you're back to dayton and you're running a publishing company and it, it seems to me and i know you've been in the industry for more than 30 years that sounds like a long time but it's uh it's a it's a fraction of the time that it would take most people to to reach a pinnacle position in any of those aspects of the media. Well,
0: actually, I've been well, I've been at um, with Streamline Radio Inc. and Radio and Television Business Report now. Believe it or not, for sixteen years. While well, I spent more years in the industry, in the actual industry, uh-huh. I've spent more time with this one company than any one single company, as we know. I think the most the longest tenure at a, at a broadcasting company was 12 years mm-hmm. um, but I had you know a lot of t- actually i I will acknowledge this that maybe when we're talking close to around 50 years in the industry would be more like it
1: yeah. so right I believe you um, well the question I've been asking everyone that I've talked with uh, lately is one that I've heard discussed in radio studios in the hallways for years and that is is our industry dead is it dying is it going away as we've known it
0: how many times have we heard that over the years now that said i think we have to acknowledge that the challenges today are significantly greater um or more um they have their tentacles into more areas than any other time i mean ai is a good example of a technology that has in one year taken off like crazy. Yeah. I mean, we were talking at our forecast conference last week. A year ago at forecast, nobody was talking about AI. It was a week after forecast that they introduced open chat GPT, you know. Yeah. So that tells you, I mean, and and, and all the other technology, the digital transformations and things like that. But is radio dead and dying? No. Because as long as there are human beings on this earth, there's going to be a need to connect with other human beings. And it's not just over the fence. There is that one on one communication that radio offers that no other none of its other competitors can really offer in the same fashion. We are the original social media. Um, You can tell somebody that I could call you and say there's a storm coming. And you can call somebody else and we can try to get that word around. But nobody can do that like radio. Yeah. No, but particularly AM radio. Right. So the, I don't think I think that just as when television first challenged radio and radio went from network, which is actually where radio's roots are. We always say its roots are in local. No, it's not. It's a network. Mm-hmm. It went to local when television. That's true became became popular yeah. now yeah. it has become and it is the for, on the forefront of, of of local media but um and and it will morph more and i think that there's going to be some people who are going to challenge the idea of that and fail miserably until we get to the point where powers that be recognize that its survival depends on its localism and that means even even in in an era of voice tracking, somebody needs to be keeping an eye on what's going on, so you can flip it live, right, at a moment's well,
1: notice. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. You're right. Radio is able to uh, respond to local needs uh, much better than any other media, any of the other medium. But but we've we've stopped doing it. Largely, we've stopped doing it. Even the all news stations. Are unstaffed on weekends, or you know, barely staffed on weekends. They can't respond to breaking news. That's important stuff. Here in Texas, we get uh, we get tornado warnings. I know about that because I hear a siren going on outside my house, and I can turn on the TV. But if I turn on the radio, I'm not going to learn anything.
0: Well, with that's a couple of
1: think, exceptions. Go ahead.
0: We're challenged, um, and that we're challenged to do that. We're trying to, as you well know. Um, maintain and keep AM radio in cars. And the big argument is, exactly what you just expressed that we are local we can deliver that information in areas of the country that don't have cell service that don't that that you know for farmers who are 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 very dependent on it for example as well um and they just so happen to feed the rest of us so we ought to pay attention to what they want but if we're talking that game to the FCC and to Congress and saying stating that that is our noble purpose and we aren't delivering it Right. And as I said, you, you have to understand in today's economics, it's hard for stations to make. Uh, to break even much less, particularly smaller stations to break even much less to make a profit. Um, so there is some need for some trimming where we didn't used to have to do it. And there probably is some need for some voice tracking and some syndicated programming. But again, with today's technology and we proved it during covid. You could be sitting there monitoring your station, monitoring weather, and if something breaks, you can go on immediately. Right. Meanwhile, call the PD and say we need to get everybody in here now. Yeah, there's no reason that we can't find a happy medium. Not that I don't want to see more localism. Period. I, you know, I love hearing the guy talking on the air, the gal mentioning I don't know, talking about what she's fixing for Thanksgiving and you know, Sally calls in with a recipe or something like that, particularly in your smaller communities. Right. And by the way, those stations are thriving. It's yes. the big come. We, we allow those who control yeah. what about maybe 10% of the signals, which would be your, your big corporations. That's, you know, the rest of those stations are in the hands of smaller and independent broadcasters, but we allow those to, to, clouds so to speak some of our vision in part because they compete in some of those smaller markets to be sure Mm -hmm. and therefore they dictate rates which hurt some of the smaller stations but they don't have the connectivity so when Main Street wants to to reach people they will go you know the guy that's been at the Kiwanis Club on a regular basis who belongs to the Chamber of Commerce and has a presence there, they're going to do business with them. Mm-hmm. And that's why your smaller stations still thrive.
1: But in larger markets, you're seeing you're seeing far less people actually being in the studio live Absolutely. and on the air. And and uh, you know, so much of it is syndication. How much of the economic pressure is due to incorporation companies owning three, four hundred radio stations? and having to uh, respond to board of directors and it's their the investors. Debt. Pardon me?
0: It's the debt.
1: Yeah.
0: It's the debt they're trying to service. They bought those stations at ridiculous multiples. And they are playing to their debt service, yeah. not to an audience.
1: Right.
0: And that's the problem. Tails and, you know, that's, it's gotten worse because interest rates have risen. So what you were paying for some of that before, you're paying more now.
1: How much is podcasting, or is it yet, eating into the uh, the uh, broadcast advertising pie for radio?
0: I think it's still fairly minimal. You know, your biggest competitors for radio revenue are your unlicensed, well, podcasting is unlicensed as well, but unless it's run by a broadcaster, unlicensed and unregulated competitors, that being Pandora, Spotify, um, mm-hmm all of that you know google facebook right. all of those that do not have to and they compete not only for the advertising dollars but obviously they compete for audience and in competing for audience they are allowed to they have an open plank they can do anything
1: yeah right.
0: broadcasters are licensed that means they can go over the edge with their humor or so called humor or whatever you know their their bits whereas broadcasters can only go up to the line you're competing in that area not just in advertising and that does somewhat dictate that of course on the other hand you know and it's been proven time and again it's been discussed a lot digital metrics are not to be are not to be believed you know when a radio station runs a runs a commercial it's invoiced you get that bill you know when it ran
1: mm-hmm.
0: And based on if if it's in a rated market, you can determine how much of an audience you reached with that schedule. Try doing that with the other. And I think that we need to make that or clarify that more among advertisers.
1: I was thinking about uh, about the fact that TV today may be in a tougher spot, broadcast TV, I'm saying, Mm maybe in a tougher position than broadcast radio. In terms of the competition that it's trying to it's trying to deal with, with streaming and then uh, so many different subscriber channels and and packages and so forth. To me, TV is just a mess unless yeah, you want is. to watch Instagram. So, it is <laughs> it? It's a matter of all these technologies dogpiling in one place, and then the corporations and the debt and all that stuff there's a lot, there's a lot of mess to clean up
0: yeah there, there there certainly is um broadcast tv though and and you alluded to it earlier like radio um shares the, the same ability to service a local community right you mentioned turning to television right uh that that those other competitors uh to broadcast cannot Compete on that. I mean, CNN can throw can send in a crew, but it's not the same thing as, um, you know, I mean, local news. They don't know. They don't know where the uh, I don't want to say where the bodies are buried. That's kind of (laughs) a bad analogy there. But they don't know where the resources are. They don't know the local community blood bank people or, you know, the city officials in the same thing. They go in and then if you watch them, you'll see. They run. They, they they do their interview, and then you'll see the same one play over and over. Right, right. There's nothing new.
1: Right. And they have their own limitations.
0: Right. But absolutely.
1: With 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 local news on TV, uh, it seems to me the big challenge there is to to get your local uh, your local consumer to watch it, because we're seeing the ratings continually uh, uh, dropping. For, and, and if you just look at social media, you see that there are so many people, and I'm not going to say most people, because I know that social media is not gil- geared to my demographic, but uh, there are an awful lot of people that just seem to have zero interest in what's going on in their world.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, you know, that, again, there's an education to be done there. We had at forecast last week, a very interesting gentleman, uh, Lou Pascalis who is with Ad Fontis, and they rate news and things like that. But he's on a campaign, and I found this really refreshing, and I wanted to present it to this conference. Um, $2 billion of advertising revenue for local news has been lost to digital competitors. And he is on a mission to bring it. He said, advertising cannot save it by itself local news but you cannot the most expensive product particularly these days a television station has and it's always been this way is their news product is their local news right. most expensive thing to produce if you don't have ad support and we don't have subscriptions like you know some of the right. competitors do um you have to you need ad support. So he has a coalition, more or less, to try to convince advertisers to invest in local journalism. And that's in addition to NAB has there's a, a, a measure on uh, in Congress to help support local journalism as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, these are things that, are, that need to be done, because, again, you can't produce a product if you can't pay for it
1: right yeah, that's
0: for sure and that's been you know we've all, and and you hear this from a lot of businesses that have been economically challenged uh, particularly since covid but broadcasters are in that same kind of boat so it gives it, you know it's it's sort of a matter of there's more to the story than what we than the assumptions being made
1: mm-hmm.
0: i think by well that's
1: for sure that's for there's yeah. no doubt about that i you know we've had like I said, I've been having these conversations with people in hallways and studios for years and nobody can ne- even get a good idea, regardless of which, which part of the building they came in from. Yeah, right. Nobody, nobody seems to uh, get a, get a clear picture of it. But let's talk about those people for a minute. Let's talk about your human resources in broadcasting <laughs> and the fact that, uh, you know, as I say, when I got into the business, when you got into the business, um uh, you know it was a career it was a career decision and it turned mm-hmm. into a long term lifetime thing for many many people uh i'm not so sure that's the case anymore and i'm wondering why and wondering if uh, if we're still seeing the not the quality of intellect and ability but the quality of of um, devotion and uh, uh you know ambition can can keep the can keep the industry healthy
0: I I think that part of it is self-inflicted part of it's generational I mean you what you cited here what you mentioned about lack of devotion and or trying to inspire and things like that you hear this in every industry today Yeah really it's not I mean when you get right yeah. down to it 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 seems that we have um Perhaps it's just a different perception of what life should be all about or what our priorities are. And I'm not going to try to judge it one way or the other as far as, you know, our our younger counterparts, uh, well, they should. They should be like us, you know, right. they, they should <laughs> right. they should be willing to work as interns first for nothing. And, you know, everything's different. Economics, and everything today. Right. Um, it's harder. I, I, I feel for younger people trying to get into any profession.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know? I, 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 I completely agree. With um, you.
0: Um, but there's also I think at least and I can't say about other industries, I just know ours you hear an awful lot of moaning and groaning and complaining by the people that have been in or particularly are no longer in the industry. Everything's wrong. You know, the sky is falling. It almost hit me in the head. (laughs) If you were an eavesdropper, a young person eavesdropping into that conversation, would you be inspired to get into it? Here's my thought. The business has changed. It's changed dramatically. I don't know if I would go into it today or not. I don't know what I'd go into, you know, because I've I've lived a life now and I I have experience uh, certainly in broadcasting, but just life experience. So I don't know. I can't say for sure. I think I would because I I can't imagine living, breathing anything besides towers and transmitters and Mm -hmm. all the all the good old stuff. But that said, you. um The industry has changed. Hello. Telecom has been almost, what, 25 years now. Get over it. It's right. not going. We're not going back. It's not going to go back to when you and I started in this business. If that's what you're looking for, forget about it. But you know what? If you don't like it and you're still in it and you're complaining about it, and you've been complaining about it for almost 25 years, maybe it's time for you to look for something else because you're just bringing everybody else down. What's the point? Who wants, you know, you come to the party, and instead of uh, telling jokes or laughing or conversing with people, you're standing in the corner like this, humped over. Right. It's no good. Now, does that mean that there's not good constructive criticism to be had? Absolutely. But let's make sure it's if you have a criticism, what's your answer to it? Or what would you do? Mm -hmm. Or do you really know what's going on enough? You know, in I, I remember at one time we were selling stations at one of the companies I was working for. There's an unspoken rule of thumb. Maybe it's spoken by some, but unspoken to a degree. Talent. And talent contracts are assets. Management contracts are liabilities. You may want to bring in your own managers, but the talent is the one person that you can actually gauge what they're bringing to the table. You know, you're bringing in certain ratings that are bringing in an estimated certain amount of revenue. So we we want to make sure that that person is signed and on board before we sell this property. Mm-hmm. Managers. Not so. Maybe some sales reps that are key with accounts, but they're not they're not as important, Uh believe it or not. I mean, that's that's the way the yeah. industry runs. So there is something I mean, th- there those people. It, it, on that side of the hall. Are considered a value proposition. The other people, not so much. Now you get today. De- what what's happened, unfortunately, when they're selling things today, is that you have too many bean counters involved, and they don't understand that value proposition.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> they think that that can and and that's you know, but but we have companies that will name be uh, remain unnamed, the people work for, and complain about. And we'll say they're ruining the industry. They're not in this industry. They've got a whole nother game plan. Mm-hmm. Those that talent, those stations are platforms for right. them and, and to disseminate their podcasts, their concerts, their whatever else they're doing. Yeah. They have a big broad thing. So if you want to really be in radio, you need to bump down a little bit as far as what size company you want to work for. And by the way, that may impact what kind of money you're going to make. Absolutely. You know, so, I mean, what I'm saying at the bottom line is that we have choices. We just have to make them because you can't change the industry as it is right now. I mean, you can, it's, uh, you know, I, you know, I wish for days when I was a kid, but those aren't going to come back
1: well that's that's where we began right i mean that's where our enthusiasm our excitement about the Absolutely. radio started when we were young and radio was the center of our social lives and we we took it with us everywhere and we slept with it under the pillow you know but uh it doesn't work that way anymore
0: i mean i hate to be so shall i say pragmatic about it yeah but that side of me has to be pragmatic um or else I wouldn't still try to. And I believe there's some wonderful things about this industry. There's a lot of th- there's so there's still, as I said, at the um at the awards ceremony the other week. So many great people, so many people that still have some enthusiasm yeah, for it. That's for you sure. You just have to be able to pick and choose your company, I guess, to a certain extent and and, and go with that. Um and, and there are things worth I mean, A.M. is worth saving, but. Once it's saved, we have to live up to what we say we're doing, that we're not. And that's not always the case. Local journalism is certainly important, particularly in today's divisive, heated society that we live in. We need good, strong, competent, credible local journalism. We uh, need more minorities and more and and others uh, to have an opportunity to buy some of these stations. Yeah. Minority tax certificate, for example, there's a lot of good things worth fighting for.
1: I promised you a time limit and we're getting close to it. So let me let me let me ask you one more question uh, based uh, right along the lines of what you're what you're starting to uh, starting to talk to. And that is a lot of your attention has been focused on advancement for women and minorities Mm -hmm. and young people. And that's kind of what we've been talking about for the last 20 minutes. People who aspire to join the radio industry or maybe don't understand why they should. And uh, maybe you need to do some recruiting and maybe we do a little bit of encouragement and rah, rah, rah. Have the issues for minorities and women changed? Are they, is progress being made?
0: Um, I think there, well, there's, I, I think the progress has been in, the, in that there's recognition of the fact that there's a, I hate to say a problem, but there's a challenge here uh, to get more, a more diverse population uh, into the into the mix because you can't really. It, it's difficult to um, cater to program or whatever something you don't understand or you 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 have no. So it doesn't necessarily. Um, There are, for example, Hispanic stations that are not Hispanic owned, but they have Hispanics running a lot of the, the properties and everything. There is an area where you've got 20 percent of the population. Approximately in this country, and yet we're talking less than single digits, almost in terms of ownership, that's not you know, that that's not a good thing. I mean, we, we, they, particularly because there are stations out there suffering that aren't getting the right kind of attention. Um, insofar as programming and 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 uh, investment is concerned. Those those properties, you know, how many stations we see going dark anymore Mm. because they can't make a dime. That's why consolidation was first brought to the table. That's why it got passed. Unfortunately, I think it 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 went in directions it should not have gone in, but nobody really anticipated. I have my own opinions on that as far as Department of Justice was concerned. They did not know what they were doing when they wrote the rules for this. They did not know what, what, what was really important in terms of ownership. I've always thought it should have been not how many stations in a market you own, but how many markets you own. Interesting. Because if there, if you don't own in all the top 10, top 20 markets, you can't get national dollars to just flow to your group because they've got to buy then a couple of different groups. If I can take one group and buy the top 25 markets, boom, I'm done. If there's, if those, if, if that top group has a void in 10 of those markets, I'm going to have to go elsewhere. They didn't understand what they were regulating.
1: Well, I can't imagine why you would say the United States government doesn't understand the (laughs) twists and turns of every industry that it tends to regulate.
0: Right. But that's, uh, and I'm sorry to to get off that track, but that, that just, you know. And
1: maybe there um, were some politicians involved in all of that, but you know.
0: Yep. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Deborah, it's been a delight talking with you. It really has.
0: I enjoyed every minute of it. I hope that it was of some interest to your listeners um, oh,
1: I, I think it's I think it's riveting. You know, the things you said, uh, it's like, uh, I'd like to hear this woman talk for another half an hour, uh, but I am going to let you go. Anyway, I can certainly understand why you've had the success you had in your career and why you are now in the Radio Hall of Fame, National Radio Hall of Fame. You've been in the, what, the Dayton, Ohio Hall of Fame for a long time.
0: I, I've also got their uh, Lifetime Achievement Award.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well... Kind of a special nice. person. It's it's wonderful to have uh, met you. I appreciate
0: that. Great meeting you too. And uh, I don't uh, know when this is airing, but happy Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah, um, that's that's fine. Yeah, I mean, get a, we'll get it posted in a week or so.
0: Okay, well, right. hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving then. Yeah. Looking forward to talking.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Deborah. You too.
0: Thanks. Bye bye.